If you're looking for the best horror, thriller, sci-fi and WTF audio fiction this side of the apocalypse, then you should listen to The Other Stories. With over 500 stories on the podcast feed already and news stories dropping every single Monday morning, The Other Stories is your new best friend. Check out The Other Stories today on any and all podcast platforms or head to theotherstories.net. After all, these aren't the stories your mother used to tell you. These are The Other Stories. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hang on to your balls. It's time for the Horror Hangout Podcast. Welcome to the Horror Hangout, a podcast where two bearded film fans watch the 50 best horror movies ever and we talk about them. My name is Luke Condor with Kate and I'm joined by Mr. Ben, ben Errington. Mr. Ben Errington, that's right. That's right. Like you're correct, Luke. Yeah. How's it going, man? You alright? It's good. How the devil are you? Yeah, pretty good. Uh, got my orange juice. Yeah, I've just got plain old H2O. You know, is, is that orange juice got pulp in it? Yes. I'm a, I'm a pulpy man. I, I enjoy a bit of pulp. You enjoy a bit of pulp? Yeah. yeah I don't really like pulp. I feel like it, it confuses me what's going on. I'll try to guzzle down a bit of pulp. Yeah. And it gets caught. And I'm like, am I eating? Am I drinking? Don't know if I'm coming or going. Yeah. I, I like the confusion. I like to bathe in the, what is happening? <laughs> I like is my, sim- <laughs> I like my drink to be quite lynching. Like an episode yeah. of, oh, the new right, episode, okay. like a new episode of Twin Peaks. What? Oh, what? Wow, you, wow. What? You're... <laughs> That, oh, I don't know where that came from. I mean, that's not current or relevant at all, is it? <laughs> Jesus. Um, so yeah, so we normally do we're, we're doing the rundown of the Empire's fifty top horror movies ever, but occasionally we like to do other things. Today we're doing an honourable mention. We are doing um, Get Out, uh, which came yeah. out like two months ago. We think. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about it, Ben? Yeah. Okay. So Get Out is a 2017 American horror film written, co-produced, and directed by Jordan Peele. In his directorial debut, uh, the film stars Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Alison Williams, Lil Ray Howery, Bradley Whitford, Stephen Root, and Catherine Keener, and follows a young interracial couple who visit the mysterious estate of the woman's parents. Nice. Mysterious estate. So we haven't got any sort of uh, media students uh, critique, but uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, it does say, uh, funny, scary, and thought provoking. Get Out seamlessly weaves its trenchant social critiques into a brilliantly effective and entertaining horror comedy thrill ride. It's got 99% fresh, very, very good. Uh, 7.9 out of 10 on IMDb. On the Facebook group, in the Horror Hangout group, Michael Mayunda says he loves Get Out. The performances are great, and it blends comedy and drama in the film at uh, appropriate times really well. Tommy Draper said he loved it. Great story, lots of creepy builds. Can't wait to see it again. And he's also linked us up to like an interesting article about the symbolism in the film, which um, we'll talk a little bit about because uh, there's, there's some interesting bits there. Uh, yeah, so what do you think? So two months ago, when did, when did you see it? Uh, yeah, I saw it a little while ago. I saw it in, in theatres mm-hmm. when, when it was released and uh, I, was, I was looking forward to it. I mean, I'd only seen like a trailer. Yeah. And I think even then you're kind of a bit like, you don't, oh, yeah. get, the whole, you don't get a whole picture at all. So it's a bit mm-hmm. like, what the hell is this i mean it was it just seemed really really strange the trailer was like really jarring and loud and a bit like a bit not like the standard horror film i mean there's standard horror film trailer bits in it 
but most of it was a bit like just seemed like a weird yeah just, I, could, I couldn't tell what the film sort of was trying to be or it was trying to be a horror film or sort of like a thriller or or what but yeah, yeah i was and then i went to see it and i was i was massively into it i thought it was awesome yeah for a for a directorial debut i mean it's just it's just one of those films that just has a lovely flavor running <laughs> running through it and yeah uh, it's very unique. It's very unique. It's very like unnerving. It's like it's hard to like. It doesn't. It doesn't quite settle down into something. Mm. It just keeps throwing these weird sort of like curveballs at you. Um, and I find it really entertaining. And I think, even though it wasn't the most satisfying sort of conclusion, yeah. Eventually, considering I had quite a lot of hype around it, and I'd read everywhere that it was like the highest rated directorial debut, I think on Rotten Tomatoes or something like that. Um, but yeah, I thought it was great. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. I saw the uh, the trailer um, whenever that first aired, and it, I was immediately because I love Daniel Kaluuya ever since that episode of Black Mirror, five million yeah. credits. Um, I was like, completely, it piqued my interest straight away. That that trailer, cause it's kind of a mental trailer. Um, I think you're right. I think the film, although it's not like, although the film itself is not a perfect film, it's it was incredibly refreshing, and I don't know why. I think it's maybe just Jordan Peele's like point of view or. There's something very, very unique about it. Like you don't, I've never seen another horror movie like that, or not quite as. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a very interesting point of view. Yeah. For a film to come from, I think, and it is quite a unique sort of thing. And I think like the the social commentary and like the politics that run through it, just kind of like add to yeah. the to, to the whole vibe of the film, which is which is one of uncertainty. I think about yeah, yeah. about everything, about what the hell's going to happen. You know, it it reminded me in a lot of ways of like um, sort of like a X Files episode or something, uh, where yeah. the setup is is quite standard, but the payoff eventually is something quite unique and quite quirky. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, like I said, the key players in the film. So you got Daniel Kaluuya playing like a photographer called uh, Chris Washington, Alison Williams playing someone called Rose Armitage. That's the girlfriend. Catherine Keane is in it. She's really good as the mother, Missy Armitage, Bradley Whitford as Dean Armitage, and then you've got this guy called Lil Ray Howery, who I've never seen before, who plays his friend, Rod Williams, who's amazing throughout the film. It's like, yeah, because it's even though it's like his his scenes are hilarious, yeah, it, it doesn't feel out of place at all. It's kind of no, like no. it's 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 kind of that breather you need sometimes. And obviously, while while um comedic elements in horror films sometimes fall a little bit flat or fall a little bit short. This kind of felt right, and every time he was on screen, because he was given quite a lot to do, despite the fact it wasn't just like he was calling him up and telling him about this, and he was like quipping and sort of saying what and all this all this stuff. Yeah, he was given quite yeah. he was given quite a lot to do. He was quite integral to the plot, yeah. which I think was good because every time he went back to him, it wasn't like oh he's going to say something funny again. It's going to be awesome. You kind of like he was trying to he was pushing the plot along. He's trying to help the protagonist, which was which was good. I think it was good for the film. Yeah, yeah. So he was the comic relief, but it it didn't feel silly or cheap. He kind no. of it, it was felt very sort of right for the film. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He wasn't he wasn't like a caricature of of like that of that that sort of character who might appear. It, it as, says a catchphrase of, or like yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Just, just like the the best friend of the protagonist who like appears every now and again. You don't want like, like this, yeah. <laughs> like some like thing that everyone's quoting as you leave. I like that being the film where the guy goes, "You don't what now?" Like, <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. No, but exactly. But every time he had something to say, it was it was good. And I think there yeah. was this particular scene of his, um, which I find pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. Well, I guess we'll I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. So the story. Um, so we start off with uh, a really nice single um, single take where it's um, a guy called Andre Hayworth. He's walking down the street, and then a car pulls up, playing the run. Is it run rabbit run is that like the yeah yeah run rabbit rabbit yeah that one okay <laughs> um and then he gets sort of kidnapped so immediately you're kind of thinking oh, yeah okay. so he's he's in like a neighborhood that he's like isn't he going to like meet somebody or something or he's trying to find somewhere well i think later in the film you, you kind of realize he uh has been dating i don't want to spoil it yet but has been dating someone in that yeah. neighborhood oh that's right and he's yeah, trying yeah. to find them yeah yeah yeah. So obviously, do we see do we see the kidnapper at this point? No, he's like wearing like a weird like metal gimp mask, isn't he? Yeah, he's wearing almost like a suit of armor, but yeah. like a sex, but like a sexy one. Oh yeah, it was quite sexy. 
<laughs> oh, that is a sexy suit of armor yeah. we've got there. It's like one that sort of accentuates his curves. I mean, it, it's protecting him, but yeah. you know, it's it showing. It looks good at the same time. Yeah, it, look, it looks great yeah. at the same time. Exactly. Cool. And then, um, so then we sort of introduced to our main characters. Uh, so Daniel Kaluuya, Chris, and his girlfriend—they're on their way to meet her parents. We get sort of the idea that he's a little bit awkward about it um, because they don't know he's black. He says it will be fine. Uh, it all seems kind of normal at this point. Yeah, I mean, it seems normal. He sort of says, do they know I'm black? And she's like, no, well, that's fine. He's like, what did you say? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those. So yeah. it seems like, you know, they, they seem to have like quite a good relationship. They seem pretty close yeah. Yeah. at this point. And uh, bless him, he's a little bit worried about meeting the parents as you would be. Uh, but, you know, at this point, she seems pretty normal. She seems lovely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I completely uh, relate, you know, Cat didn't tell her parents that I was bold when we went to. <laughs> I mean, did they know I'm bold? It's definitely, it's definitely, it's definitely the same. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, um, they hit they hit a deer on the way. Uh, so they're driving, they hit a deer. Um, I was trying to see like what the relevance of this was um, after the film because there's some deery bits throughout it, but I didn't really see what the whole metaphorical reson- resonance was with it was. Uh, so they yeah. hit a deer, and it's like crying, and Daniel Kaluuya's like looking at it. Uh, dying and I think he's kind of I think I realise now it's something to do with his mother uh, so he's like yeah, he, he's just watching it die I think he's sort of unsure if he can help it or what he can do um, at one point I thought he was going to kill it have you ever seen The Invitation? Yeah. there's a very similar thing in, in that where they hit a deer and then he has to take a hammer and he has to go like kill it oh uh, right okay uh, yeah, but, I don't know, I don't know yeah. if he could have done that but yeah, yeah. That, that that was quite good. I also like the sort of opening opening credits at this point. There was a good sort of like main theme in the soundtrack mm. and the way this the way the sort of logo appeared over some like trees that were all like whizzing by. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, carrot carrot away then. Um, yeah, I thought that was good. I thought it was I thought it was awesome. As you, as I know, I know obviously you mentioned Black Mirror already because of the fact that Daniel Kaluuya is in. Um, the credits one. Which one is he in? The 15? five fifteen million five. credits. Yeah, I mean, I kind of got the vibe of it already. Yeah, is that? Is I was thinking like, that. Is that just because it was Daniel Kaluuya, or is that just because it was like a, a modern horror film without any I'm gonna, supernatural? You could, I, I'm pretty sure you could see Jordan Pell doing a Black Mirror episode. I'm going to call it. Yeah. He's going to do one in a new series. This is this is a prediction yeah. because I think the vibe, the, obviously, the Black Mirror vibe is here's something totally normal. Here's mm. a totally normal scenario. Here's a totally normal thing. But oh my god, this this is this crazy thing. It's yeah. happening in the world. There's nothing supernatural. Like it. It's like a, it's always like a real potential thing. Yeah, it's always like a real potential, harrowing, thing that could happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And um, also, this this was a good time to set up the whole, um, the thing that was trying to look at uh, the perception of Daniel Kaluuya's so Chris's character as a as a black man being in a relationship with a white woman, and then we see how the police oh yeah kind of, like, treat him at yeah. this point. And obviously, it was just a little bit of an inconvenience for him. But mm. obviously, Rose was more defensive of him than he was of himself. Yeah. Prote- potentially because you know he's lived with it for yeah. a while. But he was sort of, even though they Rose was driving, the police officer was still saying, "Can I see your license?" to uh, to Chris. And obviously, Rose was like, "Why? Why didn't you see his license? He wasn't driving. She, he was just, I just want to see his license, you know." So already, that sort of like sets the sort mm. of tone, gets under the skin. The, he was the, uh, he was already in this uncle place. You know what I mean? Like because he was already not willing. He just sort of uh, was was willing to give the the license over already without any sort of fight yeah. or anything. He was just that's just the way it is for for, for us yeah. black people. Yeah, yeah. It's really really interesting. And then they get to the house. It's like a really um, not a stately home, but whatever the American version of that is, like the middle class. Yeah, very just nice, love, wealthy house. Suburban, yeah. lovely suburban Stepford wives type of yeah lovely neighborhood of a massive house and then uh stepford wives I would, I would say that's a massive like uh aesthetic sort of theme throughout this film actually yeah, um, yeah, yeah. uh but yeah so the, the family seem okay i mean they don't seem particularly they seem a little bit uncomfortable like yeah. the, the dad <laughs> is like saying like oh it's kind of i think he's talking about basketball and rap music or something <laughs> yeah and Obama being his favorite president. Oh, yeah, I think you mentioned that a couple of times. Almost like that, you know, he's he's trying a bit too hard to sort of get on a level with him. Yeah. In terms of like culture and in terms of uh, everything else, but you know, I think you kind of just 
go along with it, you're kind of like, yeah, there are people, there are a lot of people like he that. He seems like That's... a harmless person who means well. Like, he a harmless seem, person, yeah. yeah. He doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he wants to do anything untoward. Uh, and then no, the no. mum, the mum, Catherine Keener. Um, again, she seems a little bit more normal. More normal, yeah. Uh, she, um, I think, I think we find out there and then that she does hypnotherapy, but they don't really make a big deal about it. They just say it's, yeah. Oh yeah. So he says she helped. The dad says she helps me quit smoking, and then she says I could do it for you as well if you want. And he says no. And he's okay. like. Nah, he's a little bit unsure of it, isn't he? Um, and then also, obviously, we see the hired help. Uh, so this is obviously the first sign of it being a little bit strange is the fact that, that obviously they've got a gardener and a maid, uh, both black. Yeah. And obviously, Chris is a little bit, you know, these are the only black people we've seen in the neighborhood. I know he's only been there; he hasn't been there very long. Um, yeah. But they're the only black people we've seen in the neighborhood, and so he's a little bit like, oh right, okay. Uh, yeah. He kind of gets it, but then obviously they're a little bit odd themselves. They yeah. sort of act a little bit very, very like prim and proper and almost like very. Uh... They talk like nineteen um, fifties greases or not greases, but uh, they say like like I'm just picturing people getting like a, a shake. Do you know what I mean? And like uh, shaking fries and then sitting on the bonnet of their car, yeah, uh, saying like I, so, I need to find quotes or something. So they I think say. like. The way the way they the way they sort of acted, mm. the way that they were sort of like they almost seemed quite suspicious of Chris at this point. I kind of got the vibe now. Mm. I felt obviously we do get this we do get this sort of put out into the open by Chris's friend. Um so little little what's his name again? Little Ray. So, little think, Ray. So his yeah. name so his name's Rod. His name's Rodney in the in the in the thing, isn't it? So yeah. he, he does put this out there. But at this point in the film I thought, okay, so she can do hypnotism. Yeah. These these guys seem very prim and proper and talking talking all uh you know they've been conditioned or something they have been yeah. conditioned or they're being hypnotized and they're being kept yeah. there you know kept their prisoner or forced into whatever that was kind of what i got but i guess that was what the film was trying to do it was trying to nudge you towards yeah. this way because it seemed a bit obvious for it to be like i don't know 15 20 minutes in to know exactly what's going to already go on. kind yeah. of like know what was going to happen but i guess that was the setup we were yeah. set right up there luke set yeah. right up <laughs> the only um the only really odd white person I thought was the son who joined them for dinner and he started to like want to have a bit of a scrap with him. Um Yeah. Like he had a couple of beers, didn't he? And he was a bit like Yeah. Do you wanna have a little do you wanna have a little dust up, mate? Do and then he, he started like sort of saying you in your body frame would be perfect for like cage fighting. Yeah. Or like he's was kind of it's kind of racist but like <laughs> positive racism, I guess. Like you're you're the <laughs> Your build is perfect for fighting. Like I well, don't know, it's it kind of there was a lot of that, wasn't there in this film? Yeah, a yeah. Lot of, I, mean, I mean, obviously, for for good reason, but a lot of the sort of white characters were deemed to be sort of like almost in awe. Yeah, yeah, that's of the, exactly in yeah, some yeah, way. Yeah. In, in terms of him, in terms of his physical attributes, yeah, um, they seem. But yeah, that was obviously a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so then. Where do we go from there? So is that the night when he goes down to have a cigarette in the middle of the night? Yeah, yeah. So he goes out to have a. He goes out to have an old cigarette, cigarolo, fagaroon, yeah. down in, down outside, and uh, yeah. So immediately he starts talking to, talking to the mother, uh, Missy. I think her name. Ah, is, no, but isn't there a scene there where he's smoking? This might be later on, and then. No, this this is now. Yeah, this, this is, is now. now. Okay, so he's smoking, and then the guy. The groundskeeper, I don't know his name, just runs straight for him and sort of turns at the last minute. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, we, saw, we saw a bit of that in the trailer, but this was strange, wasn't it? Because you don't really understand why at this point. Or ever, so, I guess. Yeah, no, you do. And, I'm, and um, I only realised this because I think I read a review and someone pointed it out. Like, I think I saw a Chris Stuckman's review and he said that bit doesn't make sense, but it does. Because it when I first watched it, I thought it was like... The the guy inside, um, the the preconditioned guy trying to break out of his conditioning and was just trying to escape, but like he was just sort of trapped in it or something. Uh, yeah. But what you actually find out later on is that their granddad admired was a runner, like he was uh, like an Olympic runner or something. He came second to a black person. All oh, right. And, okay. uh, so I think he was just doing his his uh, um, laps sort of around the field, around the grounds. 
Yeah, but it was it was a bit unnerving, a bit jarring. Oh yeah, yeah, ran, definitely, yeah, yeah. He ran straight at him and then turned at the last minute. I mean, Chris didn't see, didn't seem. I mean, he was freaked out by it, but he didn't seem terrified. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was a bit weird. You think you'd say that to somebody? Go, your mate boy was just running around outside like a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, then he talks. Then he has a conversation with the mother, so Missy, um, and she kind of like gets under his skin. He doesn't seem like he doesn't seem like he really wants to talk to her that much. He definitely doesn't want to open up as much as he does, and he does open up to her about um, how his mother died when he was when he was younger. She was hit, she was killed in a hit and run accident, and he was at home, and he could have called somebody because she was super super late, uh, but he didn't, and he just let the sort of night drift by, and then obviously he kind of blames himself because yeah. he thinks if if he would have called somebody immediately when she didn't turn up, maybe she could have been saved. Yeah, but, yeah. So he's kind of got that conflict going on. What do you think to Daniel Kaluuya's sort of performance or Chris as a character? What up to this point? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought he was good up to this point. He sort of he's got a very expressive face, in particular his eyes. Like he doesn't have to do much to show that he's like what struggling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like he's um he's a really reserved. I think even in the Black Mirror episode, he's kind of a reserved character, but like yeah. the expressions sort of come out of his out of his eyes. It feels it feels really real because it's like. If someone's like put in an awkward situation like that, we don't really know what to say or do. You know, yeah. there's a certain facial expression that he does a lot where you kind of go, "Yeah, that's probably that." I probably do that all the time where he's a bit like, oh, "What's going on here?" Yeah. Like he doesn't have to say much or do much to show that just show exactly what his character is is feeling at that particular yeah, time. Yeah. I think that's quite impressive. Uh, so she she hypnotizes him like sort of against his will. So she's like, she's yeah. like got the silver spoon and she's like stirring the, the sugar into her tea and then she starts talking to him and he sort of falls into the sunken place, which I thought was a really cool effect. Um, yeah. Especially like, you know, the, the way the voice sort of lowers, lowers pitch as he yeah. falls into it. Um, yeah, it was really good. How did that go down so, in the cinema when you watched it? Yeah, I guess like at the time I was a bit like confused as to what was going on. Was this like a physical thing? Because obviously it's not a physical thing. It's just somewhere that he's sort of going in his mind. But the way they sort of showed it was he'd fallen pretty much down into some darkness. And then and then Missy, was while she was still hypnotizing him, was still sort of like up in a sort of, up in this, you could sort of yeah. see it, a, a, a little effect. portal yeah, in her head. Yeah. And he was kind of like falling like that. I mean, that was cool. So he was yeah. sat, physically he was sat there and he couldn't do anything. Um, that's when we see the sort of. I think this is pretty iconic. I think this is going to be something that's iconic, which is him sort of staring, mouth uh, open, and a singular the, tear. Uh, yeah, the singular tear. I put the, like the 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 something like a TV display. Of, um, yeah, yeah. I think yeah, that's going to really be. Pretty, cool. I think that's be pretty iconic for years to come. That sort of visual of him, because when I saw that in the trailer, um, I was like, "What is he looking at?" That's yeah. that's all I thought. But what is he seeing there? That's making him sort of go into a sort of terrified trance. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so she does kind of take advantage of him and, and hypnotize him. But this is where we start to think, right, she's getting her claws in. She's going to hypnotize him. He's going to end up doing something else around the house. So the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, you mean like he suddenly wakes up and it's the next day and you kind of wonder what the hell she made him do yeah. in, in the nighttime. Uh, but I think, is, he, I think he said it worked. Like he doesn't want to smoke. No, he doesn't. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> I thought at this point I thought we were gonna get like either they were gonna be like ultra conservative, borderline extremists, maybe like some sort of, you know, uh, like the KKK or something, some sort yeah. of representatives of that, yeah. and that they were sort of like living in this in this um in this sort of suburb, yeah. and they were still living with sort of like the same from hundreds of years ago, the same sort of <clears throat> uh logic, I guess. Um, yeah. And again, again, it, that was the thing. It kind of kept fleshing out this idea for me that I felt like I was getting to understand what this film was about. And I wasn't. Yeah. I kind of was, but I pretty much wasn't. Yeah. So, it, so it, I thought that was quite good. It has. It maintains that mystery pretty well throughout. Um, so the next day, he's starting to feel a little bit freaked out, I think, but I think he's sort of still okay with it to a degree. Yeah. Um, his phone's been taken off charge again. Yeah, uh, yeah, from the side of his bed, and then it's this is the bit where all the guests arrive in the, in the house, like a big guest party sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah. which is always awkward whenever you get someone else's like a girlfriend or <laughs> yeah, yeah. partners, and then like there's a big he, family party or something. He was like getting introduced to absolutely everybody, and yeah. you know most of them seem nice. Occasionally, one of them would say something that was a bit like, uh, 
Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah, yeah. Something he's, he's probably thinking I get this all the time. Um, but they do take a sort of a little bit of a strange interest in him again. Yeah, you just see them sort of looking like looking over at him from their conversations. Like he's almost yeah. like a special guest. He doesn't even know he's a <laughs> yeah, special yeah, guest. Yeah. Like the planning a surprise party. Just yeah. give it five more minutes, and we're gonna. <laughs> so this was yeah. Come on, yeah, we're gonna do the surprise. Yeah. Gonna do the surprise. Party yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Right yeah. in his ear. Bang! Yeah. Bang. Sunken place. <laughs> Straight um, down into the sunken place. Yeah. Uh, and then um, he meets Logan King, I think his name is. Yeah. Who's and... the full on whitest like <laughs> black person you'd ever meet. He is the whitest black guy you could ever meet. He's more of a white black person than Carlton from yeah, Fresh Yeah. Yeah. Although that's a good, uh, good uh, sort of simile of a person. Yeah, he's got a bit of a Carlton. He's Carlton, but not funny. Like, it's creepy. Creepy Carlton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, initially, Chris kind of thinks, I recognize this guy. I've seen yeah. this guy somewhere before. Uh, but obviously, he has a little bit of a chat to him and sort of says, uh, hey, man, good to see another brother around here. And uh, yeah, it's just like he's not kind of too happy to see him or not too happy to sort of talk to him. I mean, he's nice and, he's nice and friendly and all that, but he seems to... Have a much older woman with him, <laughs> with him yeah, as well. Yeah, like, a really old woman. Yeah, yeah. You can't really tell at this point whether um, there's something going on there, or maybe you know it's just a bit yeah. strange. And I think he calls Chris calls Rod, his yeah. mate, and I think he's saying they hypnotized him or something, or they changed him. Like he's he's putting together the, he's like us at this moment. He's putting together the same pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, coming to the same conclusions. Uh, so I think he maybe asked for a photo, or Chris decides he's going to take a photo anyway. Yeah. Well, he comes to the conclusion at this point, as Rod does on the phone. He says, like, everything, everything you're telling me about them acting weird and the only other black guy in, in the whole in the whole sort of, like, uh, suburb seems to be, like, seems to be almost like he almost like he's trapped there. Black sex slaves. <laughs> That's immediately what he says. <laughs> yeah. These white, these white folk are kidnapping black people and making them sex slaves. That's yeah. it. And yeah. he's got it. And I was like, yeah, that's probably what's happening there. Right. Yeah, I yeah. can't feel like there's any other... So, so far, what Jordan Peele has given us, there are all these pieces to this puzzle, and Rod's put it together for us, and we're yeah. like, yeah, that's it. Like, that's the ultimate, you know... The, that's the mystery, yeah. Yeah. That's what's inside the box. So, obviously, he's like, take a photo. Take a photo of Logan. Because uh, if you say you know him, you know, maybe I know him as well. Yeah. So, he, goes, he, gives, so he does the classic... Take a sneaky photo of someone, but leave the flash on. That is, uh, you know, he should have known what he was doing there. And then uh, Logan skitzes out. Uh, I think his nose maybe bleeds or something. And he starts walking towards um, Chris. And he's just saying, get out, get out over and over again. Um, yeah. And then I think they, they pass it off as some sort of uh, epileptic fit epilepsy. or something. Yeah, yeah. And he sort of goes off and Missy kind of, you assume she like hypnotizes him again or does something else to him. Yeah, and brings he, him like, back comes to... Out, yeah. Comes out all apologetic and sort of like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. But at, uh, at this point, um, uh, Thingy, Rod, I think he gets the picture and he says, that's Andre someone or whatever. He knows yeah. that guy. That's the guy from the start of the film, I think, who gets kidnapped. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it was, I mean, I didn't necessarily... I recognized him because he's, he's dressed so differently. He yeah, doesn't like, have a beard. Same, I think he has a like beard as well at the start. So he kind of, like, if you show one of us, we'd know who the fuck we're talking to. Who's um, <laughs> this little child <laughs> doing the podcast? Could I do a podcast, please? <laughs> Could I like, like a good horror film? Yeah, just yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so. Uh, so at this point, Chris is like, "I'm getting out of here." He, he, he convinces Rose, his girlfriend, to leave with him, and then she. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was. I didn't expect her to say okay. I was kind of expecting her to convince him to stay, yeah. or, or like um, do the whole girlfriend thing of saying it's all in your head, like. But she didn't, which was quite interesting. Yeah. So it's when they're, it's when they're packing to leave that. Um... That Chris sends the picture to Rod, and then he says, "says that Logan is Andre Hayworth, mutual like a mutual acquaintance of theirs who just like vanished." Set, then he send him like a like a picture of like a news story or something he's found yeah, online. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Yeah. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, this is, and this is when uh, Chris finds some photos. Yes, he finds some photos of Rose with about 20 different black people. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> exactly. it, like different like, ex-boyfriends. Not at the same time. Yeah, Not yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so different ex-boyfriends, people who probably would fit the fit the sort of frame, the sort of probably like the same age, build uh, of, of Chris. You know, they're all handsome fellas, and uh, it seems like she's been racking them right up, hasn't she? Yeah, she's been racking them right up. Twenty plus of them. But yeah, that's when you realise what the fuck is going on here. So he tries to leave. The, the door's locked. Um, the brother is like trying to get all physical again. Um, Rose has got the keys in the bag. She can't find them. Um, yeah, yeah. She's taking yeah. too long to find the keys. You know, find the fucking keys. Where are the fucking keys, Rose? I thought this was a great scene. Yeah, oh, yeah, like it real, really was. This, yeah, yeah. This was like a real tense scene where you kind of like knew something was going to go down. Yeah, yeah. But you weren't quite sure of what the, everyone's goal was. Who was there? Like, obviously, Chris wants to leave. You kind of at this point think Rose is a bit unsure, but she's probably going to leave as well. And that the family are just like, come on, just stay, stay with us. Maybe you want to get hypnotized again. Yeah. No. But then it turns out Rose is in on the act. Well, obviously that was confirmed with her having all the boyfriends, but uh, yeah, to think, to, I think to see her make that change on screen from I've got to find the keys, got to find the keys to be like I'm not going to find the keys, mate. Come on. Yeah. You yeah. know what's going on here. Yeah. It made it made me wonder whether like it, every single time this went down, it went down like this, whether she had to like maintain it for as long as possible, and then eventually sort of turn around or whatever. Judging by like the way she acts in the rest of the film. I kind of feel like it's all part of the game for her. She's kind of, uh, I think she enjoys all of this as sort of one big game generally. So I think, yeah, I think she probably would try to trick them for as long as possible. Yeah. Um, but th- then this is when, uh, so I think he tries to escape and then she like dings the the cup or Yeah, something. so I mean, she, so she's pretty much got him now. So because she hypnotized him once, she can easily send him back to the sunken place immediately just by tapping her spoon on the side of that teacup, yeah, yeah. which is uh, pretty horrible to have someone to have that power over you. Yeah. Are you going to do the washing up today, Luke? <laughs> no, no, I can't, I can't be bothered. No, I've had a long day. Sunken place. <laughs> Sunken place. And then you wake up and your hands are all... Oh, wait, no, would you do it to yourself? Like, would you... I would love to do the washing up, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll do that right away. Ding! Oh, bloody sunken yeah. place again! Yeah, I can't, I'm just, I can't risk touching mugs against silverware you know i'll would, I would just end up back in that horrible place uh, maybe the sunken place is like in a washing up bowl yeah it's like right, right at the bottom of it underneath the greasy greasy water yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> so it's like a nice little side scene here where um rod goes to the police this is like yeah, yeah. a this, genuinely this, this, funny sort of scene this was the scene i was talking about yeah yeah this was funny i enjoyed this because he is a hundred percent he believes exactly what is happening. The sex slave uh, Everything theory. Chris has told him, the sex slaves theory, yeah. that Andre's gone missing. Now Chris is about to be, is about to go missing. White people in a bloody suburb are kidnapping black people and keeping them as sex slaves. So he goes to the police. 
with the utmost urgency and seriousness and tells like a police detective this. And immediately she's like, what? Yeah, well, let me just get my colleagues in. And she gets her colleagues in just to laugh at him. I feel a bit bad for him. Like, yeah. I mean, obviously we've got we know he's sort of telling a half truth, but um, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was a good scene, but uh, if I was a police person, I would have at least looked into that. The missing people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have I've just, I wouldn't just sort of like like fobbed him off like that easily. Yeah, but that was when he knew police aren't going to help me. I'm going to have to take matters into my own hands. Yeah, and he's... that's fine. He's like a security guard or something, right? TSA. Yeah, so. so I think he's like TSA, so the like security guard dude. Um, so you know, but he knows his shit. We can tell at this point. I mean, he might be a funny guy, and he might have all the quips in the world, but he knows his shit. Yeah. And, he, and he's and he's the kind of guy to get a job done. Yeah. He's not. He's not gonna let Chris be kidnapped and be- become a become a sex slave like this. No. No. Not not on his watch. Yeah. So not I think, he, I think he does watch, some. Sunshine. He does some detective work. Doesn't he? he tries to call Rose. And then tries yeah. to. Oh yeah, he tries to see through her. Yeah. Blind yeah, he puts her mute and starts calling her like, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So he like he talks to her, sort of asks what's going on, and she's sort of like just saying sort of standard stuff. And which yeah. Chris is, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway. Yeah. He he sees straight through it, and to be honest, it's good for him to see straight through it because she's pretty convincing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she turns when she turns it on. She's she an is act- pretty. She's convincing. a real actress. She's a real. Real yeah. good actress. She should yeah. be in films or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is like the big reveal now of like what is actually happening. Um, yeah. I can't remember what to call it. So basically, Chris wakes up and he's like strapped into, I think he's in the basement somewhere. It looks like a 1950s house. He's strapped into this thing. Uh, chair. There's um, a video of VHS playing. Um, there's They call it the moth method or something. Uh, the butterfly method or something. I don't yeah, know, I can't so, if I remember that. Yeah. So the the idea is that um, the, the daughter goes out, she finds specimens, um, and the, Ooh, the a lovely specimen. The mum hypnotizes the specimens and gets them ready to to sort of go into the sunken place, and then they do some sort of they they auction off the black person, and then mm-hmm. they do some sort of brain transplant or something. So the 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 old white person is in charge of the black person's body. Yeah, so it's not like a full full drain, uh, full brain transplant. It's just a part of the brain. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so the, so the white person is in control. So obviously, whoever the black person is, is still there. In the sunken but, place. Yeah. In the sunken place, but they're not in control of their body. Their body is being controlled yeah. by these white people who are like a bit older. So it's almost like it's their sort of immortality as yeah. such. So do you think they go, go from in, like go, person to person? Yeah, probably. I mean, but, if they if they perfected this this method, it seems to be working. Only one generation. Well, I guess there would be only. It's like a nineteen fifties technique, isn't it? And there's only the grandparents that have done it. So maybe yeah. they go from person to person after that. I don't know. Yeah, but at this point, because obviously she had she's had so many boyfriends because you've seen all the photos. Did you not think where are the rest of them? Well, I guess they've been auctioned off to other, other people. people. Yeah, because I because I just assumed that they would all be living in the same. Environment, like the, but yeah, I, but I guess, but I yeah. guess maybe not. Maybe they've gone. Maybe they've all gone elsewhere. Also, I would say, like, um, when the person, say you're the white person, that you get put into some black person's body, you don't look like you're completely in control. There's like a bit of a delay, sort of. But yeah. you, like, you you're never going to be normal again. Like, yeah. no one's ever going to go. Never, no one's ever going to get convinced that like you're a normal person. <laughs> People <laughs> think you've got like some mental issues. You're a little, you're a little bit slow, <laughs> or a little bit unsure all yeah. the time. Where like everything's a bit like, oh god, it's almost like they're battling with exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, obviously, whoever's the, the, the white person is in control mostly, but it's almost like whoever's whoever's body it is is still kind of there trying to like claw, trying to claw back control. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it was weird because I didn't really expect it to go this way. This was like a bit of a for a few for a few minutes. I was a bit like, what? What's going yeah. on? What the hell? So yeah, um, it was so, it was it was so obviously we understand that Chris is pretty much next as a host and he's gonna be uh used by the, there's a man he meets earlier at the at sort of dinner party, like a, a blind guy. Yeah, a blind guy who likes photography. So yeah, yeah. He wants Chris's eyes. Eye. Yeah, yeah, basically. Just one eye. He wants Just his sight. One. Yeah. yeah. Um but it, it's it's really good. I think um it's very it's very rare to see a film like this where you kind of feel like 
he's not going to get out of this. Like I couldn't see how because he had such a power over him with the uh, the hypnotist, um, like the, the the sort of just a tap of the the glass and he was gone. They had like all the physical the the son who's like a physical sort of wrestling sort of guy. Um, I just couldn't see how he's going to get out. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I couldn't see how he's going to get out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, how was he going to get out? But, but yeah, uh, that's, that's good. When you put yeah. your protagonist in this sort of situation where you think it's yeah. utterly, utterly hopeless, that is when when things take a lovely twist. Is when you, you have to get creative. Like, just, yeah, you have, you to, have get to get MacGyver. Get yeah. You have to get MacGyver. Um, so yeah, so the way he does it, um, as he's in the... They're sort of prepping to do the brain transplant in one room. He's uh, He finds like a bit of uh, loose cotton and he shoves it in his ears to stop himself from hearing the... The thing that puts yeah, him it's, like, it's, like, it's like the stuffing in the chair, isn't it? Like the chair he's sat in. Yeah. He's got some stuffing sort of coming out of the, the, the arms a little bit and he sort of plugs his ears with that. Yeah, yeah. Which um, I think probably won't work. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I was kind of... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that would quite work. But, uh, but, Stuff it in and they go ding and you go... Oh, fuck. But, I mean, that's kind of when you, you do get... You do find a perfect sort of uh, hole for your person to... Your main character. They really can't Squeeze. get out of it. <laughs> like, you, yeah, yeah. You, could, you, you have to sort of fumble a bit to, to get them to yeah. succeed um so like I, I did kind of feel like this film might be one of the films that ends with the bad guys winning but then i'm kind of I'm really yeah. glad it didn't i was i'm really glad it had some of that sort of uh come up and stuff in the end um i think he even he yeah it's got like a pool ball or something <laughs> against the wrestling boy's head or something like that yeah yeah so he uses something yeah to so the so the, the son comes to collect him for the surgery, and obviously he attacks and kills him. And I mean, he pretty much just kills the rest of the family pretty quickly. He goes into the goes into the sort of like surgery as well and kills. How does he how, how does he kill them? Has he got a gun? Well, no, with the dad he gets the the ram head, uh, the, the deer ah, head. Ah, yeah, yeah, that's right. He sort of um, gores him. Um, yeah, and, and again with the with the deer symbolism with the with the sort of deer head. Yeah. And there was a bit there was a bit in the trailer where you see like a sort of skeleton of a. Of yeah, a... and I really like that. And I'm kind of sad it wasn't it's, in the film. It's not in yeah. the film now. Yeah. Uh, it should have been cool to see what happened. It could have just been a dream sequence or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So how does so Catherine Keener, Missy? I'm not too sure how he kills her. I know she tries to get the. Tries mug. to get a cup. Maybe he just hits her with the cup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't remember exactly what he does, yeah. but I'm pretty sure he bludgeons her. So he kills the son, kills the dad, and then bludgeons her. And then you know, I mean, that's a killing spree there. Yeah, uh, and then the the daughter, uh, I can't remember what happens. But well, I, th- well, I, th- I think initially he, he he get just drives away, and, and then, then the grandparents. Hits. Yeah, the grandparents uh, run after him, don't he? So like, uh... yeah. So what what this is where we didn't we didn't even know it was the grandparents at this point. So the gardener and the maid are. The grandparents of this family who yeah. have obviously been have gone through the same process and are essentially immortal. Well, they're in a new body, mm-hmm. uh, so they're so obviously they come after him. But he, he knocks Georgina, who is the maid, over with his car. Yeah, and then and he then feels like he has to get out to help her because he doesn't want to repeat past mistakes. Yeah. yeah, so he didn't. So obviously foreshadowing with the with the deer as well that was killed. He sort of like, well, I've got to help her now. Yeah. So, uh, so he drives with her, but then she goes ape shit on his ass while he's trying to drive and makes him crash the car. Yeah, and then um, so then the grandparents are going to kill him. Basically, uh, I think he gets the camera out, flashes him a couple of times, so the yeah. the original people uh come out and they they kill themselves basically. Yeah. The, uh, well, the daughter's here at the t- she got a rifle as well. Yeah. So she's she's sort of like trying to shoot. She's come into the fray as well. So I mean, even even at this point where he's got out of the house, the odds seem massively stacked against him because he's got the grandparents going at him and rows of a rifle as well. Yeah, um, and then uh, he gets on top of her somehow. He starts strangling her. Yeah, and then the police arrive, um, and then it it turns out to be Rod. It's like a perfect ending <laughs> to the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because you think the police arrive and there's a moment where obviously he's over Rose strangling her. There are bodies sort of everywhere, bodies of the grandparents. Yeah. And you assume that the police are here and I thought this was how it was going to end. Yeah. I thought the film was going to end with it being the same police officer from earlier <laughs> who, had, who had stopped them yeah. seeing this happen. And obviously, clearly he's got some, he's got some issues as it is, this police officer. And I thought he was just going to shoot, he was just going to shoot Chris. Um, mis- completely misread the scenario, as I guess you would. Um, 
and then shoot Chris. But it wasn't. It was Rod, and it was like I was. I was so like. Oh, yeah, God. I wonder if that was really? an alternative ending, like. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But then it then it would kind of um, nullify Rod's importance in the film completely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it, it did end really well. So it was it was a pretty solid film, like story, like in in most ways. I think there's a couple of things like the the, the cotton wool in the ears. I'd have been out really work, but um, I think it was a really like say this is his first feature film I think he wrote potentially. Uh, like really well, like so. Tom Tommy Draper sent us a link to the article like the symbolism in the film, and I thought you'd talk about five of them and just see what you you think if they were actually intentional, or if you think yeah. it's just sort of a, a coincidence. So the first one is the um, the silver spoon that Catherine Keener uses to hypnotize and to put the black people under the spell. Silver spoon is like a, a symbol for like white wealth, um, which I thought yeah maybe I mean. That could just be an accident. Yeah, there's like, bound, there's bound to be, I bet there's bound to be loads of symbolism like that in, this, yeah. in, in the film. Stuff that we probably... Well, I guess you're going to tell me some more. Yeah, I did one was um, when a camera flashes, um, it helps people literally see the lights. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of reaching a little bit. But um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's pretty yeah, interesting. Yeah, well, it does, it does, I guess, in terms of the story. Yeah, but they said that the deer is meant to be a symbol of his mother. Uh, I didn't get this the first time I saw it. I just thought it was a bit of a random deer. Um, but now I kind of understand that be- because of the way she died, that sort of makes sense. Um, this was this is an interesting one that I didn't see at all. Uh, Rose eats her cereal. She has a like, coloured cereal. She eats it completely separately from the white milk. So she has it in like two separate bowls. So even there, she has to separate oh. her. And was that like at the start or was that? I think it was at the start when he was doing something. I think he was like getting ready or packing his clothes or something. She was eating cereal. Um, I'd love to watch it again, but I thought that was quite interesting. And also, yeah. um, the thing in the ears, the cotton in the ears, uh, that says that their theory is that it's cotton that saves the day because, um, you know, the representation <laughs> oh, right, of like okay. the slaves and uh, yeah, 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 which I thought yeah. was quite interesting. Yeah, well, if if these are all things done on purpose, then definitely that was a uh... some of these things. I kind of feel like they're easy to uh, piece together in retrospect. I don't know how. I don't know if Jordan Peele would have gone. I want to make yeah. Cotton the, the hero of the day, or do you know what I mean? Cause I feel yeah, because like... I mean, obviously, it's, obviously, it's a social commentary, and obviously, it's a, com- a commentary on like race and commentary on like class as such as well, a little bit. Yeah. But at the same, but at the same time, like I think it is a very well-rounded sort of like social thriller. Yeah. And I think if you look into too many of these sort of things, I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna sort of like level it up a little bit too much in terms of what I think it's trying to do. Like yeah. obviously, it's, it's obviously it's trying to be poignant. Obviously, it's trying to comment commentate on a lot of different things to erase things that are com- common now, things that were common years ago, struggles that certain characters clearly have have gone through their whole lives, um, and I think it does that really well. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think it necessarily needs all those tiny little nuances in order to hammer the point home for me. Yeah, and no, I think I think at some point, at most points, there's people reading like tea leaves, trying to put connections together that may not necessarily be there. They are interesting if if they were there, but like intentionally. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of like jump scares, there wasn't really many jump scares that I remember. I remember a couple of like scenes of people walking across hallways and stuff, and there's a man running towards him. Yeah. Um, but I just, I just I just love the dread. For me, it was like that build up of like the whole step of wives' dread that something not right here. They just sort of run throughout the film. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That was the thing. It was kind of like, what's going to happen? What are these characters capable of? Uh, is the protagonist going to make it out alive? All this stuff that was kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. So, are you ready for the trivia? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so, number one, uh, the film was filmed in twenty-nine days. Yeah, true. False. It was twenty-eight days. They filmed it. Do, why, would, why would you hit me with a cheap? <laughs> why would you hit me with a cheap one like that? First okay. out of, first we'll, one out the door. Uh, we'll we'll give you that one. Why not? Uh, okay, so um, Jordan Peele was inspired to write his movie by Eddie Murphy uh, during a stand-up comedy show. Murphy talks about going to meet a Caucasian girlfriend's parents. Yeah, true. Why not? Apparently so. Apparently it's true. Um, the three there is a quiet underlying crying of of a black man under the whining of the deer. So you know we hear the deer whining. There's like a, a black man crying underneath it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope for your sake, Luke, that's true. 
No, it's false. It's <laughs> just some bullshit I made up. Okay. Um, <laughs> you sound uh, like a black man crying somewhere. <laughs> and you went, this is going to be good for the trivia. Yeah. Uh, when Chris is yelling uh, for the keys from Rose, he inadvertently calls her her real name, Al. Well, Alison, that's the actress's name rather than, her, rather than the character's name. True. Apparently so. I have no idea if it's true or not, but apparently it is. Uh, okay, so it's final one. You're doing very well today. Uh, Keegan Michael Key, uh, the other half of Keen Peel, wanted a part in the film, but Jordan Peel said, Man, I don't trust black actors. They're lazy as shit. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably true. Did he say that? No, I don't think so. Oh, man. I don't think he'd say anything crass like that. Yeah, maybe it would, you know. That's, that's, that's uh, maybe shit. I'm pretty sure they would have said something like that behind the scenes. Or, yeah. Yeah. They should make yeah. a sketch of that, of him wanting to part in the film. I thought <laughs> yeah. I mean that that seemed like the kind of the kind of thing those guys would come up with, but uh, Yeah, yeah. Have you seen Keanu, by the way? No, I've never seen it. But the cat. I've not I've, I've not seen it yet either, but I do need to. I've only uh, seen a few of the sketches on YouTube. There's one I just like howling at uh, the guy who plays Key, like I've seen him a few things and he's always like so funny. Um yeah, yeah. is have the have one where the... is it the texting sketch? Oh no, I've not seen that, no. Oh you have to find that. So it's basically like all about how <laughs> out like no context and come across in a text so one guy's like being really cool about like texting someone saying yeah whatever man i don't care if we go out or do whatever and the other guy's taking it completely the wrong way going <laughs> this guy whatever <laughs> you gotta watch it we got, yeah. we got, I'll, got I'll, link, I'll link you to that because it is uh it's hilarious and obviously the uh the school, the the school one. One that's the one I, yeah that's what i was thinking of just the way he gets increasingly angry yeah yeah, it's great. I mean, I'm not, I've not seen the whole sketch. Yet. I've, I've seen like a few episodes here and there, but it's great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I mean, obviously Jordan Peele, his his stock has gone up massively since this. He was linked to Akira for a while, but apparently he turned it down. I would turn it down <laughs> if yeah. they asked me. They would never ask me, but I would mainly because I haven't seen Akira, which I think could be a, like a stumbling block in the whole thing. Well, they ask you then, <laughs> Luke Condor, have you seen Akira? Y- no. No. Okay. Yeah. You're hired. <laughs> That's the three I have to do. Well, I think he said he's going to make some more sort of like social thrillers and sort of stuff in this vein. Um, mm, that's so cool. I don't I think I read somewhere maybe he's been signed up for some sort of series. Yeah. Possibly writing it. I don't know if he's directing it. Well, this is but... um, uh, produced by Jordan. Oh, is his name Jordan Bloom? Bloomhouse Pictures. I think it's Jordan Bloom. Uh, but yeah. they, they have a really cool model at the minute. So they do, uh, did this with uh, M. Night Shyamalan and yeah, yeah, other people. Course. They give them small budgets to make. Uh, low budget sort of films, but they give them complete creative control. Uh, so they come up with some really interesting films, um, and they seem to be working really well because, like, I quite, quite like Split. I quite liked um, this. Obviously, yeah. the last Sam Mike Shyamalan film wasn't as bad as, as people said. I didn't think it's the one with the creepy grandparents. Oh, I absolutely hated that. Did you know? The, only, the, the bit that that I that kind of stuck with me was the the woman, the old woman under the house in a crawl space. Like running around like a dog animal thing. Yeah, I just didn't like it. I, yeah. hate, I think I hated it because all of the actors annoyed me. And all oh, of the, the actors, kids. Uh, they were, well, all of them, and I felt yeah. like none of them could. But anyway, we should discuss that a whole different. If we've got opposing views on that, we should discuss that a whole yeah, other yeah. time. Yeah. Is is the Unbreakable sequel going to be same studio as well, or is that going to be a big one? I don't know. I can't imagine it. You might go for a big one now. It, yeah, because because yeah. he's written it and he's written the script apparently for. Well, yeah. it's called. Oh, what's it called? Glass. It's called Glass. Oh yeah, it's about um, yeah. Mr. Glass. Yeah. Well, um, uh, it's going to be all three of them, isn't it? So we've got Mr. Glass. Spoilers for Split, obviously, but um, character from Split and Bruce Willis as Man in a Mac. As Unbreakable. I remember. Um, uh, <laughs> as Unbreakable Man. <laughs> I remember watching. Uh... Uh, that film and being super inspired to like draw him as a sort of a um, superhero sort of character. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's cool. It's like the first superhero film I was watched. I was like, this is a great superhero film. Yeah. Um, okay, you need to grade this film, by the way. Yes. Uh, is a what? What? What kind of thing would you go for for Get Out? I'll probably give it like a B plus. I reckon. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. I think it's incredibly unique. The thing you know what it it. it, it it's super tense. I think it's great. It's sort of like social commentary. Great. It's sort of like uh, all the actors are awesome in it. Um, I definitely want to see it again. I've only seen it once, but I definitely want to see it again. 
Um, and I think, yeah, I think the unique element was the thing that I enjoyed the most. Like it was a very, yeah. it's difficult to compare it to too much because, you know, what what is out there sort of like this? We've all seen we've all seen sort of thrillers which sort of approach these sort of these sort of subjects, but not in sort of like a horror way. Yeah, horror way. That's horror like, yeah. way. Yeah. So B plus. Okay, I'm gonna give it an A minus, um, which is pretty high and higher than I thought I was gonna give it. Like, I think it's a really, really solid film, and I think we don't get that very often anymore. Like, there's not many films nowadays that come out and I watch, and I think I would quite happily watch that two or three more times. Yeah, like, it's just a really good film. Like, um, I don't think it was perfect, so I probably would have given it an A plus if it was there. Uh, maybe the ending was a bit more violent or had a bit more of catharsis to it. Um, yeah. yeah. But I still think it was just solid. It's just a really good film. It's just a great film. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to settle on... Sounds good to me, man. B plus A minus. That's pretty good. Nice one, Jordan. You nailed That's it. Awesome. You nailed it, dude. Okay, cool. Uh, so the next episode, I think we're going to be either doing another honorable mention, either doing the Alien Covenant film, or we should probably crack on with the list. And the next one is another oldie. I do think the oldies are more difficult because they take more concentration. They take more thinking about it. They're not like you can't just sit down and watch them. Don't look at your phone. Don't look at your phone. <laughs> That's a struggle. Don't. Because like in like today's films, like you, you don't have time to look at your phone because the, the scene the shot's gonna change. The scene's gonna like move. The pace is that quick. In the olden days, they give you fifteen seconds per shot. So you like you watch the shot for five seconds, you understand I've got ten seconds of phone looking time now. <laughs> and then <laughs> And then you put it away so when the like shot That's like two changes. thirds of the film. You're <laughs> looking at your phone. And the film's not even that long. Yeah. yeah. The film's like 46 seconds long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Dracula 1931, possibly, or if we've both seen, well, I know I have, but if we've both seen Alien Covenant by the time yeah. this next week rolls around, we'll, we'll, we'll do that. Only because we want to stay current, you know? We want to stay relevant in tough times of horror podcasts. Yeah. We want to, yeah. you know... We wanted to know that we got a finger on the pulse of horror. Yeah. Finger on the pulse of horror. So I uh, just got a message from Gary Hackett, who's also in the group. He said he just watched it. It uh, wasn't what he was expecting, or he wasn't sure what he was expecting. Definitely up there with the best of the best cult thrillers, he'd say. Top movie, 10 out of 10. So he's another another guy who super enjoyed oh, it. For a straight 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. I don't know if I can. I'm not, I'm not, I can't go smashing out 10 out of 10s willy-nilly. You know? No, no. I get regret. I go, cool. Where do you think that expression comes from? Willy nilly. Willy nilly. Willy nilly. There was a man called Willy. He had a nilly. He had had a nilly and a willy. I don't know. Let's Mm. do it on another episode, the history of that. Wouldn't it be the other way around? Like, wouldn't you have a nilly willy? Like. What does nilly mean? Cold? (laughs) Could be. Could mean that. It could mean. uh, Chilly. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Nilly willy, yeah. Willy it's, willy willy nilly. You know, you know when it's so cold that things shrink. No, that, that's what a willy. That's a. <laughs> no, what are you on about? That's a nilly willy. Okay, cool. So, <laughs> uh, this show is brought to you by uh, Hawk and Cleaver. Head over to hawkandcleaver.com and grab a free book. Uh, we've got a Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Kalman for our theme music. Thanks yeah. to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, give us a five-star rating, review in iTunes. We don't have many yet, so do that. Uh, go to Facebook, search for Horror Hangout, and join the group. We talk about random horror stuff. It's quite cool. Uh, thanks to my co-host, Ben, for being a real horror dude. Thanks, Luke. And um, thanks to me. Thank you, Luke. Thank you twice. <laughs> cool. All right, then. Talk to you in a bit. Goodbye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.